I am still working on the rest of the previous episode, but I've had a really crappy day, and I wanted to make a bonus episode about it because, you know, it is just happening all too often to entirely too many people. So I'm going to go a little bit off from the domestic violence part that I was trying to do for Domestic Violence Awareness Month and go back to sex trafficking for this episode. I'm not reading off a script, so if I repeat things, just bear with me. And I'm also not going to edit this episode, so if you hear my animals in the background, you'll understand why I'm just a tiny bit crazy, because they are obnoxious. I can't even tell you how many times I've had to mute out my cat meowing because he is literally the most codependent thing on the planet. But so what happened today? So I got triggered by my husband and some things were said. He was triggered as well from his PTSD and he went missing for four hours. He wasn't missing, missing like he was taken or anything like that, but He was not in obvious view of our apartment. So I filed a report with the police because I needed assistance in looking for him. I have multiple sclerosis, which has progressed very seriously because it took so long for me to be diagnosed So I can't walk. I can't check under bridges in the woods. And there's a lot of nature paths near us, which is where he ended up being found. But I had to make a police report and report him missing. And the entire time I'm standing there talking to the police officer, I just keep thinking about what my parents said when I was reported missing because they reported me missing when I went to the shelter after I had escaped. And the police officer at that time knew that I was not, in fact, missing. So it was like I called my friend and said that they issued a missing persons report and a silver alert, but they kept it local But if he doesn't come back or show up to his next work shift, it would go nationwide, which they were going to try their best to avoid for obvious safety reasons. She was shocked to hear that they actually took a missing persons report for an adult this quickly. And I said, you know, it's not the you have to wait 48 hour myth that a lot of people think that it is. If an adult is missing they will take a missing persons report. So that was just a lot for me because I had to stay strong because of my son. And I also had to cope with my triggers, which was difficult under that amount of stress. And I also had to be compassionate for my husband. He's a combat vet, served in the army for five years, infantry. So He went through it, went through a lot, and it's hard to be married to somebody that was sex trafficked. It's also hard to 
be a sex trafficking survivor and be in a close, intimate relationship like I am with my husband. Now, he is 100% supportive of me. He knows every gruesome detail of the things that I went through, and he has never looked at me differently. I love that man more than life itself, and he loves me just the same. But there are times where I trigger him or he triggers me. And it's very difficult to live with somebody that was never allowed to yell before. So now you have to let them yell. And it's difficult to live with somebody that is used to being controlled and abused. So if you raise your voice even the littlest bit, they react as if they're being abused. I have reactive abuse with my husband, except I'm not reacting to him abusing me. I'm reacting to the abuse that I suffered through my ex-husband and through my parents. It's just he says something or does something or the tone in his voice triggers that trauma response. And it also happens for him too. And it's like I explained in an episode last season, I believe it was, was how much am I traumatizing my husband? And today I found out a lot because it caused him to walk out my door and go walk through a nature path without his phone and no contact to me and to the point where I needed to call for help to locate him. Luckily, he was found safe and came home. We were able to talk through everything and everything's okay now. But then I got banned on Facebook for making a comment that was about a storyline of a TV show. I didn't word it exactly like that, but it was made as a joke. So now I'm banned for 30 days from posting on Facebook. I can't post on my podcast Facebook page, which is finally starting to grow to over 200 followers. And this is the second time that I've had an account be targeted because I tried sharing my story. I had a blog in 2018. I was using a pen name which according to Facebook standards, you are allowed to have a Facebook page using your professional name. Since it was a published blog, that was my professional name. I never made a post, not a single post on the Facebook account, but on the page itself, I just did exactly what I'm doing on my Facebook page now. And that is making posts when I have a new one and sharing quotes and different tips and things like that. I had not done anything. I purchased an ad to try to promote a post because I was trying to get more attention brought to my page so I could get more attention brought to my blog, which, by the way, has been taken down. Um. And they permanently banned the account that was attached to the blog page. So they didn't really attack my blog page. At least they could lie about that. 
but they did permanently ban the account that I was using that was attached to it because it wasn't my regular one. It was going to be kind of like a business account, and I was going to use it under that pen name, which I'm no longer using anymore. But on this current account, I attached it to my regular Facebook, and not once have I ever gotten a violation of community guidelines. Not once have I ever been banned. I've never even been given a warning. And all of a sudden, ever since I made my podcast page is when I started getting banned. And I can't help but think that I'm being targeted because I'm speaking out against sex trafficking and Facebook doesn't like that very much. So in 2020, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children put out a report that there was over 20 million reports of child exploitation from Facebook alone. And there was, from all different ones, uh, the different social media platforms, um, including Pornhub, that they were, um, sorry, I've got notifications flashing across my screen. This is literally what I deal with when I'm trying to record. Um, so anyways, out of all the reports from all social media platforms, Pornhub included on that, Facebook made up for 95% of the reports of child exploitation and child sex trafficking, basically stating that they are allowing it on their app and on their platform. Facebook's response was absolutely ridiculous. They said that it wasn't 20 million kids, it was about six victims, and it was just images that were reshared or screenshots that were then again posted, and that they were changing their guidelines and blah, 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 blah. Like literally the most ridiculous thing that they could have said and completely not taking responsibility for it at all. And I can tell you, sex trafficking is rampant on Facebook. They literally have groups that most of which are private and you can't just find where there is sex trafficking of children. I have found some of them and been invited by victims begging for help and I can't. I report that, and I can't even get that taken down. So it's like right now you have sex trafficking all over that app, but I can't make a joke about a storyline of a TV show that also has a Facebook page or I'm put on a 30-day ban. The next step is my account will be permanently banned. I've had this account for 12 years. I had this account when I escaped. There is so many memories in this account. I have over 3,500 pictures. So the thought that I'm going to possibly lose this account is devastating to me. I'll get over it. It's just Facebook. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's social media. I lived without it. I'll live without it <laughs> again. I mean, it's not like I need it, but it's just the fact that 
I'm being targeted because I'm sharing my story. It's the same reason why I had to take down my TikToks, because I was targeted for sharing my story. I had to take down my Twitter uh, recently, more recently than the ending of last season, because I was being targeted by a group of people that I can only assume is a cult. I don't know. It just, the whole situation was weird. But anyways, I had to take down my Twitter account because of that. Like my personal one that I've had since 2012, I think. Yeah, it was 2012. So I'm losing so much and being forced into silence by social media platforms for the sole reason that I'm sharing my story. And that's something that a lot of other survivors have to deal with. I have a friend. I won't tell the entirety of her story because, as always, it's not my place to say, but she's a survivor of domestic violence, and she's being targeted on Instagram because of the things that she shares about it. There it just happens it just it just happens so much and not enough people know about it and not enough people are complaining about it. And even the kid that is suing Twitter because he was sexually exploited on their app and they're still to this day refusing to take down those pictures. The judge even said that because it's in their community guidelines that they're not given the same immunity under the Section 230 law, which has also been given in the lawsuits that are being brought against Pornhub right now. But this is what the reality is, is we don't have a lot of ways to speak out. And when you have social media and all of them essentially conspiring against people that are, you know, speaking out and telling their story, and then you have sock puppet accounts that attack us and force us even more into silence, you are silencing survivors. You are targeting survivors. And I don't think I need to explain why they would want to target survivors. I mean, it's pretty obvious. They don't want the truth of sex trafficking to get out there. Listen, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about sex trafficking. And you'll see a woman sitting in her car so upset that she was nearly sex trafficked because some man followed her in a department store. Well, that's not what happens with sex trafficking, but she'll quickly get four or five million views on her post. And it's because it's a complete lie. Social media won't go after her and they'll make sure they push her video and her post as much as they can because it's not true. So whenever you see anything that has like millions of views and it ha sounds like a little fishy. It's because they're doing it on purpose. They want the lies to be louder than the truth. So what happens to me when I had my TikTok, I would share videos and, and you know, post my videos. And sometimes with 22,000 followers, 
I'd have like less than 300 views. Like I wasn't even getting pushed to the people that followed me because I spoke the truth and they don't want the truth to come out. They don't want my story to be told because my story is dangerous. It's dangerous to a lot of people. It's dangerous to the customers, obviously. It's dangerous to the traffickers. It's dangerous to social media. And it's dangerous to anyone that is a part of the legislative branch that can put an end to this but are choosing to turn the other way because they're buyers themselves. Like, I'm not kidding when I tell you that sex traffickers run this world, literally run this world. They suppress anybody telling their story. Honestly, I don't even know if after I post this, if I'm going to have my podcast taken down by the platform that I use. I'll start a new one. No one's going to shut me up at this point. I am so beyond livid and tired of being silenced. And it's affecting so much because it's not fair. And I have to sit here and deal with it and just take it. But I don't want to anymore. I don't want to just sit and take it. I don't want to let them silence me. I don't want to delete my accounts because some sock puppet is harassing me. I mean, the amount of crap that I have gone through since I came out on social media is unbelievable. The comments that I got on videos, the women that were cyber stalking me, like literally cyber stalking me. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on. And it's just absolutely unbelievable. But the same goal is the same goal that social media has. All of it had one single goal, and that was to silence me. It was to get me to stop talking about my story because nobody wants my story to get out there. And when I did make videos that I thought might go viral and I shared them and everything, they made sure that they never hit the For You page on TikTok and they made sure that nobody heard about it and no one commented. They made sure it was kept a secret. There's so many things that they'll make sure is a secret and it just sucks because what do you do? Do I sit here and do I expose everything because they don't want me to but will put my life in danger and possibly my family as well? Or do I just continue to let the sex traffickers win? See, I escaped 12 years ago and I now live very far away from where I was trafficked. One of my traffickers, the one that groomed and kidnapped me, I was not able to press charges against him. The detective that took the rape charges said that 10 years later, he's never had someone make an allegation and both the victim and the person that they were accusing had identical stories, and we did. Our stories were identical except his admitted the crime, which 
it carries a life sentence in the state that he raped me in. So obviously he wasn't going to admit to that. So he said that my story was 100% validated. He knows that the rape happened. But unfortunately, there wasn't enough proof because it had been 10 years. There was no rape kit. I didn't mention it 10 years prior when I had called the cops during a physical assault. I had waited too long to come forward. I did not remember the rape. The second that I did was when I reported it. And I reported the sex trafficking too. And again, she said, unless I had proof that that actually took place, even though my entire story was corroborated, I mean, they had videos of us at the aquarium, videos of us at a restaurant that I said we went to. I mean, literally my entire... My entire story was validated um, and corroborated except for what happened inside the strip club, which I could never corroborate that because they don't have cameras there for the safety of the um, customer's identity. So since he would put me up on stage so that way he could basically walk around and then like use that stage, whatever you want to call it, as me advertising. He would arrange the sales and then in the VIP room is where the sex trafficking would happen. So I was set up for failure the second he started sex trafficking me because I was never going to have a way to prove it. I wasn't allowed a phone. I had to use his, and I always had to use it in his possession. So literally every single thing that I could have done to prove it, he made sure I didn't have access to. And then when the detective called and said they wouldn't be pressing charges because there just wasn't enough proof, I even said to the detective, this is the reason people don't come forward because you don't believe us. Right now, you've got two people. You've got me saying that this man sex trafficked me and this man saying that he did not sex traffic me and you're choosing to believe him over a survivor, over his victim. And you made me sit around and wait forever and ever and ever all because... I, which I'm gonna call it, um, because I didn't have the proof that he didn't allow me to have access to. So you chose him. And I know there's like a meme that is floating around on Facebook right now. And it says, me, this man abused me. Abuser says, no, I didn't. Police say, okay. And then police say to me, well, you need to show videos, pictures, text messages, something to that effect. And it's true. You do have to show so much freaking proof. And it's because presumed innocence until proven guilty. And I get that to a point. But it's like I had a woman that doxed me over the summer that was harassing me on Facebook because her daughter bullied my son. And I was upset. I didn't want to like speak bad about her, but 
She picked a really stupid color for me to put in her hair. I told her it wasn't going to look good and it didn't look good. And she was upset about it. So she decided to dox me and send her friends out to my apartment. So I wanted to report the threats that she was making because she was flat out threatening me. And the cop literally told me that I had to prove that it was her using her Facebook account. And I said, you know what, officer, I could absolutely do that, but it is illegal for me to hack into her account. It's her Facebook account. Literally was coming from her Facebook, and I had to prove that it was her and not somebody else using her account, or they would not press charges. And this is what I'm talking about when I say like the system is just not set up to protect victims at all. It's set up to protect the you know, accusers, the abusers, the stalkers, the cyber stalkers, the harassers, all of it. They're more protected than the victims. And then they wonder why people don't come forward. And then the people in the comment section wonder why people wait 30 years to come forward. Because finally, you just reach that point where you're just like, I don't give a damn anymore. I don't want them to get away with what they did. So... Sometimes it takes 10 years. Sometimes it takes 20 minutes. Sometimes it takes 30. I stayed silent for 20 years, literally 20 years before I was able to talk about my parents. And I still am terrified to talk about a lot of things. I stay silent about so much that I would love nothing more than to say. Like I said in that one episode where I was just thinking like, should I say clients' names? Should I say my parents' names? Like, how much should I expose? But then I look at today where I make a joke about a storyline of a TV show and I get put on a 30-day ban on Facebook. The comment did not incite violence. It didn't do anything of the sort, but that's what the excuse that they gave was. Literally, like... Every single thing, I think, every single ban, yeah, they've said that I was inciting violence and I didn't. Like, one of my seven-day bans, somebody said, would you slap your mom for a million dollars? And I said, I would do it for free. And I got put on a seven-day ban. The person who made the original post, yeah, that didn't get taken down. They didn't get put on a ban. But me just commenting, saying I would do it for free, yeah. it's the, This is how much I'm targeted And it's not my comments, it's my IP address. That's what they're targeting. They have my IP address stored wherever they have it and they wait for buzzwords. If I use a buzzword, I get put on a ban. It's kind of like how I explain CPS works where they intercept the sex trafficking victims' calls So that way they can make sure they take their children away. Social media does it to us and social media is doing it to me currently and has been doing it to me. I don't even know for how long. I mean, that account got banned in, I think, mid 2018, end of 2018. I can't remember. It was 2018 though. I know that. So that's just the reality. And... No matter what, my story is not going to get out there. So I don't ask much of my listeners here, but what I am going to ask, write your senators, write your house members, write state legislators, write whoever it is that you can 
and ask them to take actions against social media for silencing survivors of sex trafficking and domestic violence because it's not right what they're doing. I don't make comments that go against community guidelines, yet they say I do. So the only solution is, is we have got to fight back against social media because they are allowing sex trafficking on their platforms, but they're not allowing sex trafficking victims and survivors to tell their stories. They will allow people to be exploited, but they will not allow the exploited to take their power and use their voice for good. So right people, right? Every person that you can think of, I'm begging you, please help spread my message. I'm going to start writing everything tomorrow again, as I have been for a very long time, but I can't save the world on my own. And it's not like I want to save my Facebook. It's I want people to have a voice. But if they see survivors being silenced on social media, then they're not as likely to come forward. I know a good friend that runs an organization and she's running a series called The Voices of Survivors right now and it's barely getting any views and it's because it's actual survivors and actual stories. People want to hear them because they want to be aware. The problem is social media wants it suppressed because social media is complicit in sex trafficking. And that's not a conspiracy theory. It is literally on the internet where it states that there are reports coming from social media. It's just absolutely devastating. And I don't know. The fact that the sex traffickers still get to win when I've been gone for 12 years sucks because they're everywhere. They're in every nook and cranny of this planet and they run the planet but see the thing is is don't think that it's like a politician is a sex trafficker or uh you know the head of facebook is a sex trafficker it's not always like that they're the clients they're the buyers they're the ones that want to purchase the children. That doesn't make them sex traffickers. It makes them complicit with sex trafficking, but not traffickers. The traffickers are the ones that control everything. Because I'll tell you, my parents, they have blackmail on so many senators, so many House members, so many politicians, police chiefs, judges, so many things. And they can do whatever they want to destroy my life. And they have been. They have used that blackmail over and over again. Well, I was in the life still and being trafficked. They used it to punish me and force me to watch the videos of me with clients. But now they just put it on someone's computer. And when you hear that a senator was found with CP on their computer, that is code for, hey, guys, don't trust this person anymore. It's the ring telling the other people not to trust them. And the traffickers do it because they want to and they have no use for them anymore or because somebody higher than them has ordered them to do it for whatever reason. Like sex trafficking is embedded in social media. It's embedded in law enforcement. It's embedded in family court system, CPS. 
It's embedded in real estate, mortgage brokers. I mean, it's so in-depth in everything. Like sex traffickers have real estate licenses. So that way they have access to MLS, I think it's MLS listings of houses that are for sale or for rent prior to. So that way they can buy a house and then they also are property managers so that way they can rent to sex traffickers. Like that house that I was at where my friends were killed when we escaped, that house was owned by a sex trafficker who is a real estate agent who might have also been a mortgage broker. I mean, my father did mortgages and he also did life insurance which both are very beneficial to sex traffickers because life insurance, you know, when people die and you know when you can steal their identity. And he has stolen quite a few, mine included, my husband's included, my ex-boyfriends, and pretty much anybody whose social security number he can get his hands on, he steals their identity. He is still using my grandfather's social security number to this day, and my grandfather passed away about 10 years ago. He used my brother's too, but he denies that. I mean, he denies everything he does, so I don't even know why I need to specify that. But they also have sex traffickers that will get their law degree, but not be a practicing lawyer. So that way, when they do the illegal adoptions, there is a lawyer that can take care of all of the paperwork that is a licensed lawyer and is licensed to practice law. You just don't know their lawyer. Like... One time when there was a certain article posted on a certain social media site by a certain somebody that found it, and it was an investigative journalist that was talking about a lawyer that was assisting in illegal adoptions. Yeah, not even my husband put two and two together that that was somebody I know and was involved with my life. But what pissed me off the most about that is that certain somebody that posted it on Twitter didn't think about the victims, didn't think that any of those children survived that sex trafficking ring, and didn't think that some of the things in the article that was posted, only five people knew, and I was one of them. So therefore, obviously, they were going to think that it was me. A lot of really bad things happened after that. I don't want to go into further detail about it, but you know what? Send me a message. I'll talk about it in private, but I'm not going to talk about it publicly on my podcast. I'll explain it. Oh, gosh, I'm sitting here looking. I'm at 34 minutes. I can't even believe I have just rambled on. And it's like, I'm not even going to listen to this. <laughs> it's like, seriously, this is just off the cusp. I was so upset and pissed off at what Facebook did that I just wanted something to relax me. So I thought, screw it. I'll make a face or not a Facebook. Jeez. I'll make a podcast episode and just not script it out, not do anything, just talk, which I'd like to do more often. I feel freeing doing it this way, but I'm going to do a poll. Um, it's only available on Spotify. Um, if you like the episode the way I did it this time better than when I script them out, let me know. I don't care. No feelings will be hurt over here. Um, I want to make this podcast so more people are drawn to it. So the truth gets out there because, I mean, like up until today, how many people 
like how many of you can honestly say that sex traffickers hide as lawyers and real estate agents? You know, the truth can't get out there if people don't talk about it. And if you don't know about it, you're not going to be able to stop it. So, oh, man, I am just so exhausted. And I am so glad that y'all just let me sit here and vent. And thank you so much for listening and for all the love and support. And my husband's okay. He's doing fine. Um, We had a good long talk. And we're going to push through as always. But again, it just shows that we need more support. And it's not just for survivors and victims. It's for their families too, because they go through it with us. Because I mean, imagine like someone you love more than anything, like your child, your sister, your brother, whatever. Like if they're hurting, you hurt too. So I hurt my husband when I'm hurting because he can't, fix my problems. And he knows that. But maybe if there was a way to have resources for him, like I said in that one episode, like they have Al-Anon for families of addicts, maybe he would have better tools on how to support me. And then he wouldn't feel like such a failure because that's what happened today. He feels like he's failing me because of how bad I'm struggling. And I'm like, babe, you got to understand, like, I'm speaking out for the first time, memories are going to surface, and I'm going to be triggered, and I'm going to be hyper vigilant. And just because you can't chase all the monsters away, and wrestle all the snakes to the ground doesn't mean you're failing me. You're still here, you're loving me, despite everything I went through, which is something I never thought I would have, you know, so we'll work through it. And I'll make through the make it through this whole Facebook thing. But I won't be posting on my Facebook for 30 days. So it'll just be Instagram. Um, I can receive messages on Facebook. And maybe I'll just start my website if I have nothing else better to do. But please continue to interact with my page if you can. Comment, do whatever. I don't know. I'm probably going to lose that Facebook page, which sucks because... Like I just cracked like 200 followers. So I was excited because people were actually interacting and my story was getting out there. And when my story gets out there, awareness gets out there. So I'm going to leave it here. And like I said, I'm just going to ask one more time, please write Congress and tell them that social media is indiscriminately targeting uh, sex trafficking survivors. They are silencing us. They are doing anything and everything that they can. They are allowing sock puppet accounts to harass us into silence. They are allowing them, the sock puppet accounts, to violate community guidelines, but then they won't take their accounts down or their posts down for targeted harassment when it's clear under the guidelines that they're doing it. But then mine will get taken down and I'll get put on bans because they target me and have all their friends report me. It happens on all social media platforms and it's not just me. It happens to almost every survivor I know. So please start writing them and say that they need to get social media under control because They are silencing victims and survivors. 
and they are allowing exploiters, bulliers, and everything else to thrive. It's just not fair. So also, as always, thank you for the continued love and support. Thank you for sitting with me through this podcast. I, well, this episode, I hope that it wasn't too annoying because like I said, I don't even know how many times I said, um, like, and, or whatever. It was completely just off the cusp. And, um, now I want to say, um, because I said it, (laughs) but I did promise a friend that I would do a completely free episode. So Cheryl, this one is for you. Unfortunately, John did not jump on my computer and apparently the animals decided to behave. So I'll try it again when they're not behaving, but I love you. And I know I haven't been in contact, but I've been busy. And, um, to anyone who doesn't know Cheryl, she's a good friend from TikTok that has been unbelievably supportive, even though she doesn't like Ohio State. But I try not to hold that against her. But anyway, I love you guys so much. And the support means more than you could ever know. And I will hopefully get the rest of the episode done. Hope I'm hoping tomorrow but it might be in a couple of days because I am actually going to be a guest on a podcast on Tuesday. It's going to be recorded, so I will definitely update you when that happens. I have another one that I'm going to be recording on uh, as a guest uh, next month too, so I'll keep you updated on those as well, but Have a great day, guys. Have a wonderful week. And let me know in the poll. If you don't listen on Spotify, send me a message. Send me an email. I'm going to put the link tree in the description here. Um, Give me some feedback. I mean, leave some reviews on Facebook. And let me know what you think. Because I want to do what's best and what everyone likes. And I'm trying different ways And I really want your feedback, like, and don't be afraid to tell me, like, dude, this one sucked because all you did was ramble on for 45 minutes. I like the scripts, like, no hurt feelings. Trust me, you will never say anything worse to me than my parents said. And to my parents, if you are listening to this, I don't give a damn what you say. So if you want to, like, try to sneak in some of your crap in my feedback, go for it. I like triple dog dare you. But have a great week, guys. Enjoy the cooler weather and the beautiful trees. Fall is my favorite season because it reminds me that change is beautiful. And while we go from the disgusting hot summer into what is my favorite season, winter, the trees are so beautiful in the transition of fall. And... It just shows me how much beautiful change is. And I just use that to continue to remind myself that no matter how much it takes me to transform, it doesn't mean I lose my beauty. So to all the other survivors out there, stay strong, stay beautiful. You got this. You have survived worse. You have survived it over and over again, and you'll continue to do it. And to all my other listeners, thanks for the support. Love you guys.